if we were back in ancient times, you know, I think, I think marketing might be a whale in the ocean and sales might be a Tyrannosaurus Rex on land. They just belong in different places, but they are meant to dominate their part of the arena as much as possible. Everyone today is talking about why marketing and sales should work together. Well, most people have never really stopped and asked themselves why. In today's episode, we take that very step back and ask ourselves, what would a world where marketing and sales don't align look like? Today's guest is Chris Kleinfelter, the marketing manager at Technology Advice, and I believe we stumble upon a helpful and actual insight for marketers in almost any vertical. To start us off, I asked Chris whether or not we as an industry are slowly moving away from the alignment of sales and marketing. So Josh, here's the deal. A lot of people are asking, how do, how, do we, how do we align marketing and sales? How do we align marketing and sales? Everybody's trying to align marketing and sales. How do we do it? They're not stopping to ask themselves, should we do it? Hmm. And I, w- I would definitely stress that point here. You have to ask yourselves, would sales be better off if you helped them? Or do they, do they want your help? You know, as a marketer, are there better things you could be doing with your time than trying to automate a sales email? There's just a whole host of things that marketers could be doing. So in terms of the cycle, yes, I do believe that it will it will fade out. And I, I think that we may revert back to uh, instituting a way of, of, of doing business that had been done in the past that seemed to be very successful before the sales and marketing alignment movement began. And, you know, when that happens, I, I'm really curious to see how sales for a lot of these companies who are trying to spend all of their time instituting sales and marketing alignment opportunities what if they were just selling with that time what if they're actually trying to sell instead of trying to enhance their processes and thinking about it so much and planning so much it's analysis paralysis josh i mean you're not moving forward if you're not selling and marketers i mean if all you're doing is is supporting sales then is that the kind of marketer you want to be you have to look yourself in the mirror really carefully and ask yourself what do i want to be when i grow up as a marketer but where do you sort of see us, you know, going from this point forward if we're starting to work less and less with uh, the sales department? The way that I see this working is marketing needs to get back to marketing and sales needs to get back to sales. And I would, I would, if I were a company looking at what my business might look like 10 years from now, a huge amount of structural changes I would think would, would be in place where if you have, if you're a business that has a campus, you know, you, you may want to consider having marketing and sales work in different buildings, uh, different cafeterias, really try to get them to not associate with one another as much as possible. You know, from a marketing side, if there are ways to touch base with high profile leads and when they're in MQL stages before they get to sales to sort of, you know, warn them about sales and, and warn them about what your process is to kind of put the customer first and let them know, hey, you know, when our, when our sales team calls you, they're, they're going to be aggressive about this and this really customer centric thinking yeah. in that way. That's where I see marketing heading really getting more defensive for the customer, being that line of defense for the customer, being that person who rallies around the customer and really wants to safeguard them from from the overall sales experience. Uh, it sounds like we should start to at least consider, you know, canceling those weekly meetings with sales. And uh, what would you say? I mean, what, what should our listeners take away from this episode? To me, if, if marketing and sales both adopt that mindset of, of being the big dogs, in their respective arenas, then they should be at odds with one another. And they, 
absolutely should go head to head and fight for what they believe is the best way to do things. And that's that's going to cause discourse and and you know that's not going to be aligned. Uh, you know, but what that will do is if you're on the winning side, you basically get the other party to be subservient to your way of doing things. And that is a culture for a business that could exist. Uh, you know, one of, one of the big things that I've heard a lot about in terms of making a marketing department more efficient is this idea of revenue marketing and, and making sure that you can ultimately tie a sale or a close to uh, a marketing either campaign or a piece of content. How then do you think we as marketers should be able to measure our success? What should our new KPIs be if they aren't related to MQLs or sales conversions? So KPIs and metrics are the enemy of marketing. As a marketer, you always want to strive to not be responsible for revenue. You, you don't want to have to have that revenue burden that sales has, uh, those sales champions it, which is very wise of them. But in marketer, it's sort of a, as a marketer, it's, it's a burden really uh, to try to have to prove worth, so to speak. So I would say that the metrics that you're referring to, if you're a marketer, you should, you should actively avoid those as much as possible. So let me outline it this way. Some metrics that you do want to follow in a healthy marketing department in this scenario I, we're building for 10 years from now is uh, you know, neat factor. Uh, is is the campaign neat? Is that uh, a one to ten scale or? Uh, it's more of an arbitrary thing. I'd say okay. like one to Z, or one to star maybe. Yeah, one to star. Okay. You really want to grade out, you know, the neat factor. You want to ask yourself, would someone think this is cool? If someone saw this campaign we're working on, uh, you, you don't really necessarily care if they'd fill out a form on a landing page. You may not even want to route them to a landing page. Yeah. You may just want them to rate something. And you don't have to use stars. Maybe it's like, how many Kool-Aid men? Yeah. Cool is this? Uh, something like that. I mean, so, because, right, that's what, at the end of the day, you're trying to, you know, make your brand cool and make it relatable to the customer, right? That is the thing that matters more yeah. than anything, yeah. is are you neat? Is your brand something that people would say... Wow, that is scrum trilescent. Mm. So, Chris, is that is that your sort of definition of this new concept? I mean, obviously, with every sort of new movement, every evolution, there has to be a catchy, you know, name with it. Obviously, the the, the movement that we are sort of overthrowing and, and revolting against is called marketing. But uh, would you call this movement the Trump scrilescent movement, or how would you define this this idea? To define something as a scrum trilescent movement is, is quite lofty. I think it, it takes a while to get to that, that sort of status, as uh, a friend of mine would say. I would view it as a process. Uh, you, know, you, you want to consider ways to get away from revenue and KPIs and uh, you know, responsible reporting and, and, and look more for you know, those vanity metrics that uh, really, at the end of the day, are the things that matter most like we discussed earlier, and, and, and really define those. Spend a lot of time with your team, you know, breaking away from those traditional metrics that, that we're using now and, and, and build more towards these updated metrics yeah. that we've discussed today. Chris, you didn't answer the question, though. What, what would you define this movement as? What would I define this movement as? That's a really good question. If we could go back to Latin, I think some sort of Latin tran translation would be good because... Obviously, as we as a society have gotten away from Latin, I think eventually that will be the language of the future. We'll, we'll sort of always, you know, cycle back to, to something like that. You know, something that I would name this movement as right now you have revenue marketing or smarketing. 
I would coin the term as fractured marketing, uh, where you really get to sever or severed marketing might be a, a, a way of, of talking about mm. this, where you really get to break those ties that quote unquote build strength within the organization and that alignment. Um, the only departments that you should be serving is your own. And that goes for any department within a company. Um, you know, all of these interdepartmental things, all these meetings, all this wasted time, you need to get rid of that. Yeah. And you need to move ahead with just the priorities that you, your department that you see fit. And that's all that should matter to you. Fantastic. Well, uh, Chris, uh, how can our listeners find out uh, the exact opposite of everything they learned today and find some actual helpful information uh, that isn't included in, uh, and hopefully you've guessed it by now, our April Fool's Day podcast? You are obviously from Technology Advice. How can our listeners find out more about Technology Advice and about this amazing side project uh, that you're working on on the side? Yeah, thanks, Josh. So to learn more about Technology Advice, a place where we have worked very hard to align marketing and sales in a, in a very successful and competent way. Uh, you can learn more about our company at technologyadvice.com. And to learn more about how to be a data-driven marketer and not a severed marketer or a fractured marketer, as we coined today. Neat marketer. Uh, a neat marketer. What a metric. <laughs> wow. You can, you can uh, check out our new podcast, The Marketing Laboratory. It might be the exact opposite of this. Very data-driven, very scientific. Yeah, so we take people through ex through experiments, uh, marketing experiments, and we, we help marketers understand how to test on their own and what results were found from tests that other respectable companies have done, including our own from time to time. And uh, it's, a great, it's a great podcast for marketers looking to learn how to be more data-driven. And so you can find us there at Marketing Laboratory. That's... MKTG Laboratory. That's our Twitter handle. And you can visit us online at themarketinglaboratory.com. You can also find me on Twitter at C. Kleinfelter. There it is. There it is. And we will be sure to include links to those in the description of the episode. Uh, thank you again, Chris, for joining me. Phenomenal episode. And uh, I really hope uh, and pray that uh, our listeners were able to uh, de decipher that this was indeed an April Fool's Day podcast, hopefully at least in the first couple of minutes, and then enjoyed it after that. If you have any feedback for us, email contributors at technologyadvice.com. We'd love to hear how you think we did and how we can improve. See you later. Amen. Uh, thanks for listening.